Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Welcome back to the Ice Coffee Hour. I'm here with Kevin. We're back. He's back. What's up, Kevin? No, this is not hey guys. Kevin. This is not Kevin. This is Pace Morby, and he's an incredible real estate genius that I learned so much from today, and uh, I really wanted you guys to listen to what he has to say today, so we have him on as a podcast guest, and thank you for coming on. Thank you. I'm, I'm like, all of you guys are my heroes. I know it's weird. Like, cause yeah. I get people that come up to me at events and they go pace and they know my wife, my kids, they know everything about me. And then I came to your house today and I knew everything about you. That's cool. <laughs> By the way, the reason that, that yeah. people know everything about pace is because he has a TV show called triple digit flip and it's awesome. Yeah, it's good. It's really cool. We, it's the number one TV show on Annie. We're streaming cool. on Hulu and we have a six year contract with Annie, which is pretty cool. It's it's a weird thing to even say. That's awesome. That's How did you fall into doing that? Um, I fell into doing that by watching Graham Stephan's YouTube channel and subscribing and, and hitting and like button, getting we'll, your we'll free crypto you. on FTX US. We'll wait for you guys. Hit the, hit, hit the, hit the <laughs> notification bell too. Thank you. Um, I did legitimately though, yeah. been watching you for a long time and, um, started our YouTube channel a couple years ago and I got the TV show from our YouTube channel. Are you serious? Dead serious. They just sent you an email. So here's, here, yeah. here's, do you guys care what I say? Yes. yes. Do you do care? No, I mean, okay. I want to hear. Okay. So here's what happened. Here's <laughs> yeah. what happened. So um, in the real estate space, and I imagine in crypto and other things, same, like for you and me, probably a lot more similar, how do I get started in real estate? It's gotta mm -hmm. be the number one question you get. And so one day my cohort or my best friend, Jamil, who's on the TV show with me, you've met Jamil at that party at my house. Um, we, we look at each other and go, you know what we should do? Let's just go fly around the country and go do real estate meetups all over the country and just show people how to get started in real estate. And we, so we did it. Mm -hmm. So in 2017, 18 and 19, I probably spent 300 grand, not a coach, nothing to sell, just did meetups and then showed people how to go on appointments, do this, do that. Just literally like bootstrapped and showed people how to do business, real estate. Mm -hmm. Then stumble into you. Oh my gosh, I should have a YouTube channel. So I started a YouTube channel. And the funny thing about Jamil is that on the TV show, it looks like we're partners. We're not partners. We're fierce competitors in our local market, but we're mm -hmm. best friends. So what happens is you guys know what wholesaling is? Yes. Okay. You do you know what wholesaling is? Vaguely. Can you okay. Do you know it? what wholesaling uh, is? A little bit. 30 second explanation. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. here, a homeowner is in distress. They're in foreclosure, right? A person, real estate investor markets to that seller and says, Hey, I see you're in foreclosure in some distress situation. Let me buy your house, stop the foreclosure, save your credit, and we'll, we'll buy your house, give you some cash and you can, you know, move on and whatever else. Well, what you find out is a lot of these people reaching out to homeowners are actually not the real buyer. Okay. Mm -hmm. What they're doing is they get the house under contract and then they sell the contract to people like me. Mm. Okay. And it's kind of a good thing for me because I don't have to go out and look for the deals and chase and knock doors and do all those kind of things. The wholesalers will bring the deals to me. So there was a wholesaler in town. Okay. That brings me a contract that I go, oh, yeah, I'd like to buy that. So he goes 165. I go, great, send me, send me the contract. And he goes, ah, oh, man, now I have another guy at 170. I'm like, oh, bro, you're doing me dirty here. Come <laughs> on, I told you I'm good at 165. And he goes, well, I've got this guy at 170. I go, great, 
let me go up to 170. So I go to 170. What does he do? He is 175. Goes to 175. (laughs) So my buddy Jamil and I were in town together. We do, he does probably 100 real estate transactions a month. I probably do 20, right? He's much larger than me. So I text him, I go, yo, somebody's up in the night bidding at 175 on this stinking house. Am I missing something on the comps? Like, am I, you know, because you've probably verified comps Mm -hmm. with other buddies. Like, what am I missing here? Why did somebody buy this? And what does Jamil say? Probably it's him, right? I'm the other guy. (laughs) I go, oh my gosh. I go, do you want to just buy it together? Let's just flip it together. And so we'll collaborate like that. And so I buy the house, just buy it with uh, hard money. And then the Saturday, uh, we close escrow on Friday. The next Saturday, I called Jamil. I go, hey, come over to the house. Let's do a YouTube video. So I get Jamil, me, and then I put on my Instagram stories. I go, anybody who want to see what it looks like to walk through a brand new flip for the first time, how we evaluate, how we do this, how we do that, I want to show you. And so we had like 80 people show up to this house like in 45 minutes. It, was, it would be like if Graham Stephan did it or any of you guys did it, it would be like 500 people, right? So we had this big group of people show up, had no idea it was going to be that many people. And so Jamil and I walked this humongous herd of people through this property that was a hoarder's house. So we couldn't even walk through. It was just, you couldn't even see the floor. Mm-hmm. And we were just having a good time with it. And somehow, some way, A&E picked up on this and they go, wait, you guys are fierce competitors. You're competing on the same deal, but you figured out how to collaborate with each other instead of stabbing each other in the back. We want this on our network. This is something that real estate you know, needs. And so we go, there's no way. So they send me a DM on Instagram. And have you guys ever been hit up by like HDTV or anybody? Okay. No. no. <laughs> um, so when I was a contractor back in the day, I used to get hit up by HDTV all the time, but you find out they're not really HDTV. It's like, here's HDTV. They tell people like- um, Scouts or- Scouts. Yeah, sure. And so these scouts don't even work for HDTV. And so what they do is they go out to you and they DM you and go, hey, I work for HDTV. They don't. And so you waste months and months of your life just to find out. I've been talking to somebody that doesn't actually have any ability. So. I DM them back and I go, I'm sorry, I'm not interested in, your, in, in anything. I've been jerked around a thousand times. I'm not interested unless somebody from A&E emails me for, with an A&E email address. Mm-hmm. And four minutes later, get an email from the head of the network of A&E. We mm-hmm. want you on the network. Wow, That's so cool. So we never had to do a, a pilot, never, never had to do a sizzle reel. We just picked up that Dang. quick. That wow. was two years ago. So you're in your first season or? We, our first season um, has already aired, was the number one show on the network. And so they renewed us for six seasons. And now we're talking spinoff shows where they travel around the country and fix other people's businesses and stuff like that. Yeah. That's really cool. How much of that show is scripted versus how much is is You want to get into this? This is great. (laughs) This is a great topic. Okay. A lot of it is scripted. And the reason being is because you have to have multiple camera angles, right? It's just like here, we've got multiple camera angles to keep the um audience entertained and you understand this punching in and doing this mm-hmm. and doing that so you have to have so many different camera angles so th- what we'll do is we'll do a regular pass with two cameras a and b you know these are like they look like mm-hmm. ghostbusters like running around with their yeah, freaking yeah. backpacks on humongous cameras and then you'll do the whole scene which might be 40 minutes and they go great let's do it again but now they put on wide angle cameras we are wide yeah. angle we got to do it again wow so it's all real stuff, but we're having to rehearse it multiple times in order for the audience to see multiple ang- angles. And there's no way to really document that in any real style yep. without 
just having a boring camera. Of course. Are you part of the writing process for the script or? Well, no, it's just, they come to us every morning and go, what's going on with the house? What's going on with the permits? What's going on with this? And yeah. so we get together and they come to us and go, okay, this is what we need the audience to understand with what's going on with this house today. So every episode is another house. Mm -hmm. And so what's challenging, I would say about being on a TV show is how much do you guys think I make per season? Let's talk about that. Uh, I'm gonna guess per episode, it's probably about four grand. Dude, what the freak? How do yeah. you know this? I was gonna I say know. that too. For, it's forty five hundred. Because oh, there we go. Yeah. yeah, for one of the uh, Nat Geo stuff that I did for Netflix. Holy crap! Yeah, yeah. so it's yeah. forty five hundred. But why? Why would it make sense for somebody like me to do it? Probably good exposure for you, right? Exposure, yeah. right? Good exposure. It opens up doors that I wouldn't otherwise have a key to open up, which is cool. But we lose money on the show. The way we lose money is we have. What they'll do is I'll, they go, okay, we need you to go buy 10 houses. So we have to go buy 10 houses, which have carrying costs and all these things associated. And mm -hmm. probably more importantly, opportunity costs that I could have put my money somewhere else. Yeah. So Jamil and I go buy these 10 houses and then we don't know when production's starting. So we got five, six, seven, eight, 10 houses sitting there waiting until they're ready to film. And then we have to get our crews going and it's a whole kerfuffle to like get the whole thing going. But once the momentum goes, they crank their professionals they are amazing. Mm -hmm. But you ha we have to flip houses with budgets of $150,000 in six weeks. Legitimately, we're doing that in six weeks, yeah. which you built your house, you d renovated your house. Does anything get done in six weeks? No, it's crazy. We pull off miracles on the show. Come to think of it, there was a company that reached out to me. I'm not sure if it was a and &E, mm -hmm. uh, but very similar, where they wanted me to go and flip properties with my own money. Yep. And I turned them down because I was making more from doing the YouTube videos. Right. It just and didn't make sense. So for you, you already had that audience, right? And that base. And so yeah. for you, it wouldn't make sense to do a TV show. For me, it makes sense to do a yeah. TV show. So for us, like one of the deals I was telling Andre about is I've got a 300 unit multifamily right off the, um, and I know you and Ryan Pineda are doing some yeah. multifamilies. I'm so excited you guys are doing this. Thank you. Yeah, so cool. excited. I was just, I literally I was standing next to Pineda. We've been friends for years. And you called me yeah. and I was like, I can't so talk, cool. I'm talking to Pineda. And you go, come hang out, let's do yeah, a podcast. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. literally what happened. So um, I've got a 300 unit multifamily deal right off the, the strip of Vegas, right down, downtown. How many units? 300. 300. He says it so casually. Like yeah, 300, 300 units. 300 <laughs> units, $60 million. That's all? 60 million okay. bucks, yeah. <laughs> and the, the way I'm buying it is most people look at it and go, okay, well, we got to raise money, mm -hmm. right? Through a fund and we've got to go get a commercial loan for probably 70% of the value of this thing. Well, that's a big asset to go get a 70% loan of $60 million and then go mm. raise what's 30% of that $18 million to go buy that deal. Yeah. So what I specialize in is I specialize in seller finance and creative finance strategy. So mm -hmm. I got the seller to seller finance the full $60 million asset to me. And do you understand seller hold, finance? Hold on, let me well, slow this down because th this yeah. is the crazy part that he was explaining to me that blew my mind because my perception of real estate mm, yeah, yeah. has always been like, it's such a high barrier of entry. Mm -hmm. Not only do I have to have knowledge of the market, but right. I also have to have a ton of money. Mm -hmm. I need to get approved. Right. So like my perception of real estate has always been like here, but the way of what you're doing and like kind of like how you described it, I love how you described it. If someone's making content about like fitness, you're the guy that's making content about the barbell. Yeah, I'm you, so niched. Like I'm yeah. niched, niched, niched. And so a lot of people um, will want to go broad, yeah. right? Like I want to go broad. Business advice, Gary V style, like everywhere. Patrick Bet David, probably one of the best to do it, right? Mm -hmm. I am literally the guy that if we're talking about gym equipment, I only talk about the barbell. 
And so I talk about it so stinking much that anybody in my world, my real estate world, if they talk about the barbell, all of my peers go, no, 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 that's Pace's thing. Right. Do not talk about that. There's two things uh, I got questions about that yeah, you yeah. brought up that you mentioned uh, casually here. Hard money. Yeah, yeah. What does that mean exactly? And then the other thing is what's with this fascination, it seems like out there about multifamily. Mm. So th those two things. I love I that. It's like for the average person, yeah. I can't imagine anyone's like, you know what I need to buy right now? Multifamily. Like, yeah, like yeah. I need to buy apartment complexes. Well, but I, I hear it a lot. So I love it. Here, yeah. You hear it like <laughs> with um, Grant, Grant Cardone, Cardone oh, talks yeah. multifamily and he knocks single family where he's like, don't buy single family. If I was going to start all over, I would go into multifamily. I'm like, yeah, but Grant, you started with single family. Yeah. Like you got your momentum in single family. Sing in my opinion, single family is one of the smartest ways to get in because it's a lower barrier of entry. You don't have to understand as many acronyms and moving parts and da da da. So hard money. Yeah. So if you ever hear people say, I want to flip a house with no money out of my pocket, mm -hmm. you hear them, it's like the seminar, like, touche bull crap that you're like, whatever, it's not possible. Yeah. Guys, we, I flip 50 houses a, a year and I don't use any of my own money. Wow. Which is weird because when you make millions of dollars, you start going, well, why wouldn't you use your own money? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let's, let's think about this. Let's say I want to buy a house. There are hard money lenders. That's their business. And the reason why they're called hard money lenders is because they lend on the hard asset, not based uh. on you. So what they do is they they go look we're not betting on we're not betting on the jockey we're gonna bet on the horse. I thought when it said hard money I thought it was like they come for a baseball bat to come get you if you don't <laughs> oh, pay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh that too, Jeremy. We haven't gotten it out yet. better pay up, man. If I googled right now, literally, <laughs> dude. If we Google hard money, Vegas, you would have probably a good three thousand hard money lenders here in Vegas. You guys just don't know that they're everywhere they're wow. freaking everywhere but so they are expensive they are expensive yeah. and they're interest only yeah. okay so you should not take a, a hard money loan unless you're doing it short term okay so if you're going to go buy a rental do not ever take on hard money yeah. you take on hard money just to do a fix and flip so something you know nine months or less typically our flips i would say we're in and out of them in 180 days like we, the day we say yes to the wholesaler it brings the deal mm -hmm. to the day that my buyer on the back end tom and jerry who yeah. buy the house they close escrow and I get all my money after the hard money lenders yep. paid back. It's 180 days. Okay. May I ask what's the interest rate on those? Yes, 100%. So in Arizona, we don't no hard money lender charges points. Do you know what points are? Mm -hmm. Okay, so they'll they'll say, "All right, Jeremy, you want to buy this house for 300 grand. Yep. We're going to bring you 300 grand to and we're going to fund the full purchase." Mm -hmm. There are lenders that will literally fund the full purchase. Okay. We want two points. So what does that mean? They want six grand up front, or at least kind of wrapped up into the loan. And then I would say the average is 12% per year. Oh, so wow. that means my monthly payment on that 300 grand is three grand, yep. but it doesn't amortize. So next month, guess what I owe? Oh. 300 grand. <laughs> next month I owe 300 grand. Yep. Next month I owe 300 grand. So in a six month renovation on a $300,000 flip, I'm paying 18 grand in interest wow. only. So you better, you better get rid of that property as right. fast as possible. Correct. Right. Yep. But here's the thing. People always ask like, well, Pace, where are you investing your money? Because if you're doing 40 or 50 flips a year and you're making millions, and most of my money is made in long-term, like either Airbnbs or mm -hmm. long-term rentals. Okay. But if I am doing fix and flips, where does that money go? Because wouldn't it make sense for me to just to deploy that money back into my fix and flip business and at some point not have to use hard money? Yeah. Well, no, because I will go take, I'll take my money out of a deal, 
and I'll deploy that into purchasing a title and escrow company in Florida or Texas or whatever. Oh, yeah. And my cash on cash return in a title company ownership is 400% a year. Whoa. And it is, to, to, in my opinion, the only true passive income in real estate is owning a title company. Why, I understood why about so 20, 20 percent of that. <laughs> so break that down. Okay. So why so isn't everyone starting title companies? That seems Bro, like they're what's everywhere. The, what's they're the barrier everywhere. to entry, though? Oh, to, but you're only are you just titling your own? Fix and flips? No, no. I go out to agents. I go okay. out to wholesalers. Uh -huh, I go uh -huh, to. Uh, we're getting too niche here. Explain <laughs> to me what is a title company. Okay, first. so when you buy a house, right, yeah. you have to transfer ownership from one owner to the other owner. Right. You're not doing that. Right. Who's doing it? Company. A title company. Right. So the title company is transferring the deed from one owner to the next owner. They're making sure that the lenders are secured in any one of these purchases, and they're just doing all the they're paperwork. They're basically doing the due diligence for transferring. They are, in my opinion, the, the biggest chopping block in real estate in terms of NFTs. Yeah. I think NFTs will change that entire business dr dramatically. Mm -hmm. ten, so because ten, don't, they, don't they also insure the deal to make sure yes. they're, yeah. So there's two things. So you'll hear your mm -hmm. title and escrow. Those are actually two different businesses, okay? So escrow is the physical person that is like, hey, Andre, this is your such and such from the such and such company. Can yep. you come in and sign for your closing documents? That's an escrow officer, okay? Okay, you get paid an escrow mm -hmm. fee to do that. But on top of that, you insure the transaction. I told you about this earlier. The title company issues insurance and they say, our girl that called you, Andre, we're going to verify through an insurance policy that she did her job right and right. we're gonna charge you 2% of your transaction. So it's like I'm charging the customer yes. insurance for my own due diligence. Which it's like going fair. to, it's not fair. I, and I don't love it, but let's say you go to Starbucks or let's say you go to Bankroll Coffee and you go on checkout, you go, hey, we're gonna make sure that this is exactly what you ordered but in order to do that, you have to pay an extra $10 fee. That's title insurance. Customers are gonna be like, wait, what, why? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, but that it, that's the industry. It's been around for a hundred years. Is that, that a requirement in the industry? Yes. No. Well, I would say less than 1% of people decline it. I would never buy a property without title well, insurance. Don't lenders require it. Every lenders lender require would require it. it. So it has to be an all cash deal and you have to, I, I've never seen even all cash them pass up a title company. You'll okay. get really yeah. experienced investors that are like 30, 40 years deep that have such deep, deep pocket. You're like, I'm not paying for that. Oh, okay. But it's very rare. Okay. It's very rare. It just goes standard. Okay, so you're saying you want to buy these companies? Yeah. Explain why. Okay. Oh my gosh, this is a whole business model. So think about all the real estate agents, the wholesalers, and all of the people that go into um, business. They have to have a title company handling these transactions. So if you're the central hub for everybody in a ge geographical area, guess what I get to do? I get to lend them money in my lending business, right? Which is a different business. I get paid on the title fee. I get paid on the escrow and I get to look at everybody's deals and I see every single real estate player in my local market because I own that hub. Wow. Jeez, so it's more than just the title company. Oh my it's gosh. It's a whole companies. like, it's a ver whole vertical of like, so I, if I go buy a title company, I get it up and operational cost 200 grand. Okay. Guess what I'm making that year? Eight hundred thousand dollars. Wow, on one title company. So, are you, is that gross? What's the net on that? My, so, our our gross. So, let's say I do one hundred and twenty files, which means one hundred and twenty people come and purchase or sell a house through my title company. That company will gross about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month. Jeez. Yeah, and then you've got the net on that. Um, the net on a three million dollar business is probably half of that. So you're a little over that. So you're probably mm -hmm. like 1.5, 1.6, but I don't take that home. I typically have a partner. Yeah. So, um, 
Now, if there's multiple companies like that in the market, how do you make sure that yours is the one that ends up getting used? Have a TV show. Okay, that's fair. Have a TV show <laughs> or have a YouTube channel, talk about that kind of stuff. Like that's fair. if Graham, think about this, if Graham or any of you guys open up a title company, in fact, if you're a title company in Vegas and you haven't approached Graham and said, hey, I want you to be a part owner of my title company for you to talk about how awesome we are, you'd be crazy not to do that. The DM is why, open. Why haven't we done that? <laughs> Slide in the DMs, guys. Right, so yeah. you're, you're thinking about, like if anytime you're, you jump into the real estate world, you go, where are all the people making money? Well, appraisers make money. I don't want an appraisal business. It's non-scalable and mm. it's very contingent on one human being, right? Yeah. Um, there's inspectors. I do not want an inspection business, non-scalable. So you start thinking about all the ways that are scalable. A lending business, so I own a hard money lending business now too. Do you really? Yeah, wow. so why not? That's cool. Right, so how can you get part of do, every single do transaction? You need a do you need a banking license? You need a banking license, yeah. You got a banking license? One of my partners does, yeah. Wow, that's yeah. cool. So now when I make money in a uh, fix and flip, instead of me redeploying it into a fix and flip, which is only going to save me 12%, wouldn't it make sense for me to take that money, go start another another title company and have a 400% cash on cash versus a 12% Why not just use one title company? Well, because you have to have everybody. one in every state. Right. So right? once you hit 50, then you're capped. No, you're because out. like our plan in Texas is you haven't, the main goal with a title company is not just to save fi like fees for ourselves. Mm. The main goal for a title company is for us to pr uh, participate in everybody else's transaction in close proximity. They're just gathering share. data. Mm. Right, right, yeah. you're gathering data. And then you get like, so for example, the 300 unit deal. Okay, the 300 unit deal comes from me being out in the marketplace and having access to people and knowing people and somebody goes, hey, I know you're the guy that talks about creative finance and how to buy houses with no cash, no credit, no credentials. I have a seller that wants $60 million for an asset for a, a multifamily, and that's the next question, why mm -hmm. multifamily is cool. But I look at it and it's only worth 55 million. Mm -hmm. Will you buy it for 60? Anybody at this table is going to go, hell no. Right. I say, hell yeah. Well, this is great, guys. I love this. I say, hell yeah. Because think, think, think about <laughs> okay, this. Okay. Explain this. Mm -hmm. In my philosophy, we have a little over 700 doors. Yeah. Okay. In my philosophy, the value of a property is not the, the purchase price. The value is what I can do with that property. Okay. You're okay. talking cash flow or? Cash flow no, or office space or whatever. Or, give us that yeah. simple okay. example of the F-150. Okay, cool. So. <laughs> Here's a really good example, okay? Because I get wholesalers at my title company that come in, they open a file and they go, hey man, I got the seller that, you know, they really, I got, somebody needs to help me. I got a seller that's in, mo they're motivated to sell their property, but they want Zillow price, okay? As an agent, you probably get that all the time. Agent mm -hmm. goes, all right, I got a listing appointment today. What does the seller do? They go to Zillow to verify their price before right. your listing appointment. Well, it's no different for an investor, right? So. Um, Dale and Susan Poyer, seller in this example. Dale and Susan Poyer have a property in Mesa, Arizona, right down where I live. And they look at Zillow and Zillow says, well, if it's all fixed up, it's worth a hundred grand. That's what Zillow says, right? Well, the wholesaler goes, I can't make money at a hundred grand, but the seller's motivated to sell. Why? The seller's motivated because they're retiring. They, they don't want to be landlord anymore. They want to travel around the country and enjoy their retirement. They don't want to deal with any sort of tenants or anything like that, right? So wholesaler calls the, the seller because they, what's the, how, how does a wholesaler find a seller? 
You guys have any those, idea? The door signs? knocking. The yellow signs? <laughs> the we buy houses. We yeah. buy homes. But we how, buy homes cash. You, yeah, we buy you, ugly homes. Yeah. That's, that's a, yeah. those bandit signs, right? Yeah. But a really great way to call a seller is they pull data from websites and they show who has their house paid off. Mm. Because you can also look through recent divorces, divorces, bankruptcies, yeah. probates, all sorts Jeez. of things. It's, yeah, I, I've seen every which way for the whole show. <laughs> wait, It'll wait. even look up like uh, death records. Yeah, water and shut know, off list. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot. Hey, and this is to off, find yeah. who owns their house. Well, what they do and is you they use just, a title company, right? That's another thing a title <laughs> company does. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so I know we're going. Let, let, let's simplify this we're really quick. We're in the weeds here, mm -hmm. yes. For a non-real estate guy. So if I want to start in real estate, a lot of people will profess. Like Ryan Pineda talks a lot about fixing and flipping and mm -hmm. a lot of wholesale, right? Okay. Well, if I have no money, what am I going to do? And I don't have a license to be a real estate agent. What do young people usually do? Wholesale. So mm -hmm. they go directly to the seller, cold call, text them, door knock, whatever it is. So this wholesaler gets a hold of Dale and Susan on their house. Got it. And they, why did they call Dale and Susan? Dale and Susan specifically is because they had their house paid off free and clear, which in a wholesaler's mind, that means, oh, I can probably negotiate you down a little bit because there's no mortgage keeping me from negotiating mm -hmm. you down. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So every wholesaler in town is offering, what do you think the price is if you're a wholesaler? If you got a house that is fixed up, is worth a hundred grand, what should a wholesaler offer that seller? 60. Wait. I would say 60 is your top, 50% is about your average. No kidding. Yeah, that legit. below the market? Yeah, yeah well, it's not then, that below the market. Wait, but you said 100K. Yeah, it, it, it fixed up. So if it's going to cost 20,000 to fix it up, now you're down mm -hmm. at 80 okay. to get that 100. They got to make a profit on that for all of their time. So mm -hmm. they got to offer 60 to put in 20 to make sense in their time well, to be so worth 100. How, how much, okay, how much is the, <clears throat> the kid making that's making these calls? Um, on like on that? that particular deal, um, they are always looking to make 10 grand is like their minimum. I was minimum. gonna say 10%. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm figuring they must just work so much to try to find that one deal or that like two. Oh deals yeah, I have a deal, I have a deal in San Angelo, Texas right now. It's an apartment complex. This The wholesaler brought the deal to me. I'm paying them a $200,000 assignment fee. Whoa. They didn't have to buy the property. They just followed up with the seller, Jeez, followed up with the seller, wow. followed up with the seller. Finally, yeah. the seller goes, okay, I'm ready. Wow. Gets it locked up at $4 million. I'm buying it, paying him a $200,000 fee. Okay. It also reminds me of like a luxury stores, right? Uh, we'll walk by him and there's hardly be anybody in it. And, and uh, my dad would always say, like, how do these places make money? There's hardly anybody in. I'm like, Dad, they only need to sell a couple bags a day and make a fortune. That's a really good. Or point. it's a front. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or it's a front. Or it's a front. Uh, they're doing. They're laundering, gambling in the, in the back, back yeah. or something like that. <laughs> so it, yeah. here's what happens on this house. So um, the wholesaler goes to Dale and Susan and go, Hey, I, I need to offer you fifty sixty. Dale and Susan go, We have this house paid off. All we want to do is travel the country in our RV. We don't. We're not accepting anything under what Zillow offered us or is Zillow mm -hmm. saying. 100k 100,000 bucks yeah so can a wholesaler make money at that no can an agent make money at that really like doing any of that stuff like i want 100 grand in my pocket is what the seller's mm -hmm. saying okay so the wholesaler calls me how do they know me because i own a title company that they do all their transactions at right so they call me and they go hey i know you're the king of creative finance how would you buy this property for a hundred thousand dollars i go oh i want that property I'll go down there and I'll meet the, the seller. I have the whole appointment mm -hmm. on, I record every appointment I ever have with the seller. So I go down there, I talk to Dale and Susan. I say, hey, Susan, she was obviously the boss. So, hey, Susan, if I was able to come up to $100,000 on my purchase price, would you be willing to give me terms? 
And she has no idea what terms mm -hmm. are. Most people have no idea what terms are, right? And she goes, well, what, is, what does that mean? I go, okay, well, let me tell you a story. I used to own an F-150 Ford. You guys all know what a Ford mm -hmm. F-150 is. I used to um, own an F-150 with my construction company and it hit 320,000 miles. Got to a point where like, now I've got more repairs on the truck than what it's worth for me to have it in my, my fleet. So I pull it out. I go, I'm, I'm going to go sell this. I'm going to put it on Craigslist. So I go to, where do you go if you want to determine value of a prop, of a car? CarMax or, uh, yeah. Kelly Blue Book. KBB.com, KBB. KBB. right? So I go to KBB. It says my truck is worth five grand with the as-is condition, what it's worth. So I go, Susan, does that kind of sound like you? Like you went to Zillow, you saw your house is worth this, but it doesn't really matter that it's not fixed up. You just belligerently want your hundred grand. She goes, yeah, yeah, makes sense. I go, I belligerently wanted 10 grand. So I put my truck on Craigslist for 10,000 bucks. Did, did I sell my truck for $10,000? She goes, I know. I go, no, I didn't even get a call. I didn't get mm -hmm. anything, nothing for three months. My wife comes into me, Susan, and she says, hey, sweetheart, you've had this truck in our driveway for three months. We need to do something about this. I go, what do you freaking want me to do? I'm not going to take, I'm not going to get lowballed because if I put this thing on Craigslist for five grand, what am I really getting? Am I getting five grand? No, I'm getting like 3,500 bucks, mm -hmm. right? They'll justify it as an all cash offer. Yep. Does that sound familiar, Susan? Susan's like, yes, that's exactly what's happening to me right now. Everybody's offering me 50 grand for my property that in my opinion is worth a hundred. I go, okay, great. Here's what I'll do. Well, here's what I did. I told my wife, I go, what would you have me do? She goes, Pace, you're the creative finance guy. Why don't you take payments for it? I go, oh my gosh, okay. So I literally go back to Craigslist. I changed one thing. I said, F-150 will take payments. Did I now sell that truck for 10,000 bucks? Yes, I sold it for $12,500 with $1,000 down hmm. because I didn't have to check the guy's credit and have to do that stuff. I knew where he lived. I required a very specific type of insurance. He made $350 payments to me and he bought my truck for 12,500. I, the seller of that vehicle, financed him and allowed him to make me payments. Seller finance. I became the bank. He became the owner. She's like, why would he buy a truck for 12,500? And I said, Susan, the same reason I would be willing to pay you hundred is because I can make payments to you if you'll let me and I can cash flow on this property. And I don't have to go to a bank. I don't have to get a loan. I don't have to put a big down payment down. I don't have to do any of that. And, um, Jose, the guy who bought my truck, what did he do with my truck? He turned around and put it in his paint company and he had his cousin fix the engine that was mm. having issues. And now he makes six or $7,000 a month on a truck that he only has to pay 30, 350 bucks for. So did Jose technically paid for overpay for my truck on paper, mm -hmm. but in terms of the exchange of value, did he? No, no, he gets paid. He's, he's making six, $7,000 a month. So yeah. she goes, okay, I got it. So what would you propose? And I go, if I give you a hundred grand, I'll give you $0 down, and I'll make whatever payment you want me to make. And so I ironically make her, I'll, I'll show you the note and deed of trust. It's great. So I make her, I was making a payment to her for $350 a month at 0% seller finance. Okay. Oh. Give me one sec. Where are you okay. going? Is it leaking? No. So that was the yes, best or worst investment ever? Uh, best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, so anyway, it's... Uh, I had a bit of a leak <laughs> earlier today. Yeah, leakage. I, I had some leakage. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Was it the calc reactor? Yep. It was, so I have a, what's called a calc reactor. Calc reactor. What, it's what called the calc So it doses uh, like calcium and alkalinity into the aquarium. 
And uh, I feel like we're talking about it, creative finance, right? Yeah, now. exactly. So anyway, uh, what happens is that it, it's it's so rich with calcium that you get calcium deposits, and there's like this little tube that goes into the aquarium. Uh, calcium deposits built up in that tube, and so the water kept filling up in that reactor without going into the tank. And so it kept filling up, kept filling up. And then this morning I woke up with the alarm, which is that notification I got on my phone. They said there was a leak. And I'm like, oh, man. So I went down there, and sure enough, it had been overflowing overnight, uh, no. collecting in the reservoir. Yeah. So I have this leak detector on the tank where if it gets any water or moisture on it, it shuts down the tank. Mm. So, it, it, you know, just in case something were to happen, it's not going to, like, short-circuit anything. But anyway, I got a notification that, there's a leak, and I was like, "Oh man!" Well, so anyway, it was caused by moisture within the uh, the bottom of the tank. There was no leak, wow. but it was that moist. It's so sensitive that it's picking up moisture. Wow! Jeez. So I just had to dry it. Okay. But I kept getting these notifications. I, like I like yeah. how he gave Ryan Pineda a hard time about his haircuts for a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And we actually all right, we you watch that. Yeah. Bro, I watch all your stuff. You guys, right. I watch all your guys' stuff. Um, the. Uh, <laughs> The the funny we I, we teased him. Were you? Did you hear this when I teased? Yeah, I, we were there. Yeah, yeah. When you heard yeah, me, we were like, <laughs> we were we. Yeah. I, I brought you. I brought your teasing him up yeah. on stage today in, in front of five hundred people. Nice. And it, was, it went over really well. People love. What would you say? <laughs> I just said, um, does the haircut that Graham Stephen te teases you about is that a write off too? Uh, it was good. And the answer is probably yes. It, it is yeah. a write off. Yeah. Yeah. It's his uniform or whatever. Yeah. 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 His signature. He, and I've noticed too, he's cutting it more and more in the center. Like it, what started is it, off is like it on the gradually side. moving. It is. I think as he accumulates more real estate. Ah, <laughs> sorry, yes, Ryan. Yes, I love that. <laughs> cool. But it, but no, for personal branding, I think that's what the fact that we're even talking about it to begin with of is. Uh, you know, it's working. Yeah. So, so where, that, where that, were we? Well, where we were is it reminded me of uh, FTX US. Oh, that's wow. I was really thinking about. And I was thinking For about personal branding. Yeah, well, that's great. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I was thinking about how their fees are among the cheapest. Up to 85% lower than the top yeah, competitors. Oh, yeah. Wow. I was also thinking yeah. about how you got free crypto On with every trade over $10. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so crazy. just for the record, by the way, it's not $10. You have to buy more than $10 to get the free crypto. Okay. $10.01. $10.01 and one cent you get free that's crypto. That's the yeah. threshold. That's a threshold. Yes, over ten dollars. Recurring buys, yeah. which is amazing. So you get dollar cost average into the markets on a regular basis, and they partner with Steph Curry, Tom Brady, Coachella, and, and Jeremy Lefebvre. And Jeremy Lefebvre <laughs> and the Miami Heat Stadium. Yeah, wow. And, yeah. and so you know you got to take advantage of that. It's going to be the first link in the description down there, and, and you right can withdraw now, your NFTs. Yeah, no fees. Yeah. yeah. Wait, what? On the top uh, Ethereum and Solana collections, they have no gas fees. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah, because yeah, where, where, cool. where I buy my stuff is that's not how it yeah. is. No. Yeah. Well, that's why you need. Over. That's why you need FTX US well, down do, below do, in the description. How do I switch over? Yeah. Well, it's down below in the description, and you could use the code MMFTX. Super yes. simple to do. It'll take you a few minutes to sign up, and they're a big supporter of the channel. Love it. Yeah. So that's all you need to do. The link is down below. Uh, what else am I? Are we forgetting anything? No, there, that's no great. crypto friendly debit card. Oh gosh, wow. they have a crypto friendly debit card. <laughs> so, if you aren't sold by now, like what are you doing? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we could also talk briefly. Sam Bankman-Fried of FTX uh, apparently is making offers to acquire some other companies. Yeah, and he bought. Yeah, and he bought uh, what seven point six percent of Robinhood. Crazy. There's something wow. up on that. He is There's just something up on he's just consuming everything right uh, yeah, now. Yeah, I don't believe he's just doing this to pay, make a passive investment. I'll I'll tell you. I and this is just pure speculation. I have a feeling he's going to be taking some control over uh oh, wow. yeah, some of the big platforms. I think he's taking advantage. He's buying the dip. He's buying the dip. The, the entire fintech space dip. 
Yeah. He's wow, so he's I think he's really smart. I think he's playing 4D chess Cornering here. the market. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, and we're not going to know what's going to happen until probably a year from now until all of this plays out. So that's, like a, that's like 10 and levels above my brain. Yeah. <laughs> but he waited until these companies uh their valuations have been slashed yep. and he's going in with money and just Picking them up. So yeah, so okay. we'll see how this plays out. I, I think it's very I wanna, smart. I want to finish off with what you, you what you're telling here, but then I want to get into real estate crash. Yeah, uh, I'd love to. That's yeah. what everyone Subject. wants to know. Yes. Yeah. So so let's finish off here. I, I can't quite remember exactly where we left off. We were, were talking about Dale and, Dale, Dale and Susan. I bought yeah. I bought their property for hundred grand, zero dollars yeah. down, zero percent interest, seller finance. Yeah. I pay them um, the the note and deed of trust that I just pulled up to pull it up to show you. Yeah. Um, nice little zero percent my payment if you look at it. $375 a month, 0% yep. seller finance for 20 years. 20 years, 240 payments. Yep. So it pays down. So I look at that and this is how I buy all of my properties. Wow. Every single door in my portfolio, I buy this exact same way. Okay. I, I have not bought a property on the MLS. You've been to my home. Mm -hmm. roughly, it was a crazy, crazy house. Roughly a $5 million home. Didn't yep. pull credit. Didn't mm -hmm. do no credentials. In Mesa? In Mesa. Yeah. You got the most expensive house in Mesa. I, that belongs to North Scott. My right? across the street neighbor who sold part of his company to Pornhub has the most expensive <laughs> house in, in Mesa. Yeah, now, I'm, I'm like, yeah. Mesa's not usually I'm like, what does that guy do? And I find out, I go, oh it, my it God. It smelled like horses and hay around. Yeah, yeah. Uh. It was one of those neighborhoods that like growing up, it's 20 degrees cooler in Mesa around this area because it's called the Orange Grove. So it's like just uh. full of orange trees. So it's like where everybody has these big estates. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a beautiful house for sure. Oh, yeah. wow. So that, yeah. that same but, thing. So all the way from my personal house, but all Pace, the way to every so, property. So I own. The first thing I asked you after you mm -hmm. explained this to me, I was like, who would trust a random guy who mm -hmm. just calls them up and says, Hey, I want to buy your house. And it's like, cool. I'm going to trust you to make payments on it. Like, how do you convince the seller? Well, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to go to Graham's next door neighbor and say, Hey, next door neighbor, would you like to sell your house? The likelihood of them selling for cash or anything else is going to be no, right? Especially mm -hmm. right now, nobody wants to sell their house. So you have to find the people who have pain or motivation. One of gotcha. those two things, right? So a seller like Dale and Susan, their story was, we want to retire. We're done with tenants. We, they're kind of older. So they were collecting their rent payments physically rather than setting up it up automatically. So for them, it was a, a burden where they're like, I want to travel around the country in our RV and we don't want to worry about this property. Right. So there's a motivation factor, right? So you have to make sure that that layer or that filter, filter is added to this equation before you ask the question of why would anybody do this? That's the reason why. And the other reason why is because everybody else was offering her how much money? Yeah, 50, 60, 50 to yeah. $60,000. I offered her a hundred grand. Did she need the hundred grand right away? No. And also, do they not benefit from taxes as well? Is that I was just about to ask, how does taxes work? Let's it just say she bought the property benefit. for a thousand bucks. She's selling it for a hundred thousand. She so only gets paid as she receives the payments. Okay. Okay. So most sellers would get that hundred thousand dollar lump sum. First and foremost, if they sold it on the market after they renovated it, are they getting a hundred grand if they sell it for a hundred grand? No, because mm -hmm. they got a big, who pays the seller, right. who pays the seller's commission or the seller's agent and the buyer's agent, right. the seller Sorry. does. Yeah. So she's gonna get wiped out in the front. And then on top of that, she gets this money that comes in. Guess what she's doing with that money? She's paying, paying taxes, taxes all right there. Now, what about the interest rate? What about it? You're just paying her a higher amount and kind of baking the interest rate so in there. there. So it's like, okay. So if you listen to the 45 minute appointment that I had with her, I said, yeah. Susan, I'm gonna give you your interest rate in the purchase price. And so I baked it into $100,000. That property still to this day, I absorbed the tenant. So the tenants are still on that property. never had to switch out tenants. Their rent is $1,650 a month. I pay her $375. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It's incredible. It's great. And we've got 725 of those. 725 properties? No, not, yeah. not all of those are single family. Gotcha. A, a good apartment. portion of those, over 400 of those are multifamily. Well, what's the most expensive house or apartment complex that you bought doing it like that? One, uh, $60 million, the one in yeah. Vegas that I'm- but, yeah. What what happens if the seller says I need the money now? Like how long are these terms? Great, yeah. man. You want you guys want to get deep? This is yeah. great. There's, so there's three reasons why a seller would not sell to you on creative finance. Number one, they don't understand the benefits. There are no benefits to them. They or they're just confused by it. So you have to tell them in simple terms, like the F one fifty story, right? Or a dozen other stories I have. Number two. They need the money right now. I've had people go, I would do this. This makes a lot of sense. I actually make more money. I pay less money in taxes. I can kind of spread that burden over many years, but I have a wedding for my daughter coming up in three weeks and I need to pay for that wedding. Well, that's not a good transaction for me. I can't convince every mm -hmm. seller, right? Just like you can't, as an agent in a traditional world, I can't convince every seller to list, let me list the property. You just can't. Mm -hmm. You're gonna go to listing appointments you don't get. And so it's the same thing for me is I'll go to talk, I'll go talk to a seller, no matter how compelling my offer is, it doesn't make sense. And the third reason they won't sell to you is they have literally zero motivation whatsoever to sell their property. And they just wanted to hear your offer. That's it. Sure. Okay. So, so yeah. with her property, mm -hmm. it was hundred K though, but it wasn't at 350 for 240 payments. It was three, three. I think the payment on that property is 375. But that's oh, okay. 375 is my payment to her every single month. Okay. Cause I did 350 times 240 and I was like, wait, that's like 84. Yeah, 375. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, man, that's interesting. This is like something I've never even knew existed. So, I, I, every, every, so once you get into buying a lot of real estate, you'll run, go to the MLS right now. If you go to the MLS right now and you type in seller finance, I would say that in Las Vegas right now, there's 150 people listed on the MLS saying, I will sell to you on owner owner oh, carry wow. or seller finance. It's like that in every market. Usually I've seen them do that though for like five years or it's for yeah, a limited a term balloon. and then yeah. they're hoping that you're, you're gonna cash out refi after that. Right, so yeah. here's how I do my balloon. So this is called a balloon. So what they'll do is they'll give me a 20 year term like Susan did. Hers is, there's no balloon in that 20 years. I'm just gonna pay her for 20 years. Yep. But let's say a seller goes, well, let's structure the payments based on the 20 years so you can afford the payments and you as the investor can make the cash flow. Mm -hmm. But I want all my money back in five years. So at the end of five years of you making me payments, all the remaining 15 years of payments need to be paid in one lump sum. We call that a balloon. It pops. Interesting. Okay. Sellers do that because they go, I'll let you get into the deal, but I want a balloon. So what I do is I structure my balloons to say, if I go to uh, the balloon is due and the property does not appraise for my original purchase price, right? What I bought mm -hmm. it for, then the balloon automatically extends another five years. Oh, so that protects me from, let's say the market goes down and now I can't appraise the property. My balloon stipulates that it extends automatically for another five years. Okay. And mm. if it does, and if it does appraise for what you bought at, then you pay the rest. You could do a handful of things. You could sell the property on the market. Makes sense. Right. We've sold properties on the market. We last year in uh, December, we sold 70 properties where we had five year balloons on them. Mm -hmm. 
Let's go. I'm, I'll just take my cash, 1031 exchange them into other properties and just roll my money to the next deal. Mm. Okay. Yep. Now, real estate crash, the time's come. What, what's going on? Are we about to crash real estate? Prices tank 20, 30, 40, 50%. Over the next 12 to 24 months? I'm one of the few people that um, I have a different outlook on this. Okay. If I can buy properties at 0% to 3% seller finance, multifamily that are all cash flowing, and a lot of them with zero down payment, in my world, like Ryan Pineda, he just mm -hmm. wants to gobble up multifamily. Mm -hmm. What do I care what the market is doing? What I care about uh, is what rents are doing. Okay. Okay. And what is rent? what have rents done since 1914, since we've tracked the data? They've only gone up. There's been one little blip that would not have wiped out anybody's cash flow. So I buy for cash flow. That's okay. the main thing I worry about. If I can cash flow in good or bad times, I really don't care what everybody else is doing. Interesting. I don't care. What do I care? I care about what are my terms? What are my interest rate? And how can I accumulate more and more and more and more? Right. Okay. So, but the market, I look at that. I used to be a loan officer and obviously we're in real estate. We do quite a, a few things. Yeah. Our fix and flip business, our buyers are now softening their offers. We went from having 45 offers in two hours to now we're like, oh crap, like now it's taking a week to sell a property. Mm -hmm. It's still selling, mm -hmm. yeah. but we're seeing a major softening of the market. How recent are we talking in the past month? Last 30 to 45 days. Okay. And it was immediate. It was like you list a property on Friday and the interest rates were still in the 4% range and offers were coming in 45 offers in a day. You right? think that's yeah. because the May 4th interest rate increases? Mm -hmm. yeah. 100%. Oh, was, mortgage rates went up so fast. Crazy. I was After shocked. That, like yeah. overnight, yeah. they went from like three to four and a half. And they're am going up two more that, times. Am I crazy yeah. that they went up even before the actual federal fund rate went up? I feel like everyone anticipated the rate increase and they just baked it baked. In. Yeah, uh, it does get baked yeah. in. It's yeah. smart. Yeah. It's smart of them to do that. And then yeah. th they've got two more rate hikes this summer. They're going to go up. Mm -hmm. I think that rates could hit seven four, to 8%. Four more this they year. They said four more? This year, four more this year. So where could it go? Could it go eight to 9%? They, they say that they want to get their base federal funds rate to like 2.25 to 2.5% by the oh. end of the year, the neutral rate. But that's not guaranteed. It could be three, it could so be as two, a home, it could be as, as a homeowner, one and a half. What does that mean for me as a homeowner? What do I, if I go to buy a house, what am I going to get an interest rate at average if, if that's the base rate for the Fed? Uh, it could be six to seven, or Which, really yeah. five to seven, probably depending on your credit so, and the terms. If you, what on top of the federal fund rate do they tack on? Three to four percent? About that. Okay. Yeah. So if you think about that, look back in like the historical data of of interest rates. Is six percent really that high in the no, grand I mean, scheme of things? No. But when you come know, off of ultra low rates for such people a long get used time, to it though. Yeah. 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 And when everything is so unaffordable, mm -hmm. homes are more unaffordable than ever. Uh, wages haven't rose nearly enough and inflation slicing and dicing people left and right. So I well, think that's why our viewers probably care about the real estate crashes because a lot of them are, are have even thought about buying a house or they own one house. But so, at, so let's ask this question, really. This is my, I'm in real estate, so I see houses all the time. Does it really, I get it. For like the average person, that one property for them is their forever home and they want to mm -hmm. get the best deal possible, but you're going to live there with your family. If you can afford it today, why do you, what do you care what the pur purchase price is? Mm. It's the comfort of your home. Yeah, I think it's a lot of it's the monthly payment, but even monthly payments are up something like what is it like forty percent? Well, it's I, the last I, two I years. Think it's for for so. mostly people that are debating whether they should buy now or just wait until this you know mythical crash. That like, are we are we talking as homeowners? Or are we talking as as investors? I, I, I imagine future homeowners that are looking to buy soon. That I, I would say that would be our resident agent because I don't advise homeowners on what to buy. All I can tell you is that my buyers on our fix and flips have softened to the point where we are now having a gut check, check of like, holy crap, 
we got to buy less properties right now mm -hmm. because right. we don't want to be holding. Right now, oh. we have 18 properties we're holding with well, hard money. Yeah, on short-term flips, I'd say it's more risky than a buyer who's, who's holding on for seven to 10 years. Right. Probably doesn't make much of a difference. Or the investor who's going to hold on to it for 10 years and just wants the cash flow flips would be dangerous, though. Yeah, well, the reason that I ask is because, Jeremy, we talked about this. Target yeah. and Walmart's uh, earnings were horrible, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So so if those staples and those retail giants, if, if, if the hiring freezes from tech, for example, yeah. that they've already started, spills over into those retail giants, people could go from, like, full-time to part-time to no-time. Yeah. And if they lose their jobs, then then the demand for real estate, I think, goes away instantly. So sure. I don't whenever I ask people about real estate, they always say like, no, our inventory is low, our demand is high. But to me, demand is such a soft metric that you just yeah. can't rely on it considering how fast things can change. Yeah. So when you look at the market, I suppose, Pace, if you didn't have a house and you wanted to buy a house, like your first time uh, forever home, or even a starter home, right? and you were looking at the market right now and you're seeing what's going on, would, would you buy today or would you like wait no. for... for no, I wouldn't. You would not wait. I wouldn't. I, I think what's going to happen is they're going to ba basically pause inflation. That's what their main mm -hmm. goal is, right? Their main objective is like, holy crap, we're like nearing double digit inflation. And maybe we are in some way based on somebody else's metric. Mm -hmm. So they want to slow that down. So what's going to happen is they're going to get the interest rates up. And I think that at, towards the end of the year, the interest rates are going to come back down again and taper that off. And I think if I also the best time to buy a house in Arizona, based on our data, November, December less buyers, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's less competition. And I think also they're gonna lower interest rates again towards the end of the year. So if you're- You think it's gonna come back down? I think not not to 3%, right. but I think that it'll so it'll soften back down to probably closer to four and a half or 5%. Okay. I think we're gonna see six to 7% in interest rates this summer. It's interesting because uh, the bet that I made was I took out a seven year arm at 2.6%. Okay, and, love it. And I, I think in seven years from now, I think rates will be lower than they are today. I think- uh, 100%. I, I you think, think rates are gonna be lower I than two something percent? No, 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 no than they are today. No, than they are today. I think like we're in the five percent. Yes, we're addicted to cheap. Yeah, money. I, mm -hmm. I yeah, don't yeah. think no, I told Andre to lock yeah. in a thirty year though. I agree. No, I, agree I agree. I agree. If, I, if yeah. I was yeah, no kidding, if I could lock in two point six for thirty years, I would have done that. But if it's yeah, but it was two. It was like two point eight. No, what no, was it for it was thirty like years? Three and a half. Is yeah. it three and a half? Yeah, I would have still taken the three. And I, and a half. I'm I'm gonna argue with yeah. with Graham on this. No, because it was a rental. So oh, okay, I got it. So but even three and a half, I would have. I would have done the three and a half, and the reason being is if you look at all the people back in 2008 that were landlords, buddies of mine, right? The people who got hosed and that were like offloading their inventory. Who were yeah, those people? Those were the variable rate guys. But to be fair, to be fair, I looked at the cost and I said, right. like, even if interest rates are seven percent or something ridiculous in seven years from now, could I afford it? Right. And the answer is yes, I could. Yeah, so but that's going to mean into the cash it. flow. To me, it's worth it. No, if I was to take a higher interest rate, it would eat into that cash flow. I know, but seven years from now, that would eat into the cash flow. It would, but at that yeah. point, I could pay it off if I wanted. That's it. Really so annoyed me. It's an interesting world because you got two completely different mindsets here, right? Yeah. The mindset of like every dollar freaking counts. Right. And what else can I do with that dollar? Right. Versus my mindset probably is a little bit more like yours, where I'm like, if I can afford it, what do I care? Right. Right. And if I'm continually paying it down, what do I ultimately care? I mean, it's a gamble for sure, but man, I, I really. I like, I'm with you, Andre. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I think rates will go back down. But didn't oh, you? Didn't didn't yeah, you just yeah. sell your house? What did you do? Oh yeah, I'm curious what happened to that. Oh, real estate is going to crash. No, you so you listed you <laughs> listed you, your are home. You, are you in the belief that real estate is crashing? Hundred percent. Okay, tell me, tell me, educate me, tell okay. me what you're thinking. So, um, I have my house. I just listed my house. Okay? Right. Um, the company. This is the one in Vegas or Phoenix. This one's in Henderson. Okay, Henderson. Yeah. Um, this is a like just an extra property I have. So the company I'm working with, they're like the premier luxury company. And 
last weekend they have 80 listings and I, I told Graham this, but guess how many showings they had on 80 listings last week? This is great. I love this. Okay. 80, 80 listings over a weekend of showings. I would say they probably had a hundred. Okay. Andre. Gosh, now that you asked that question, it's probably like 20 or something ridiculous. Two. Oh my no. gosh. Two. Two people showed up to look at it? On, no, no. This is eight, for bro, 80 that's listings. 80, no, for 80, listings. Yeah, for, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Two people came for 80, 80, for 80 listings. Wait, for Henderson? For, no, that's that's for this premier for the company. company. This is oh, the, this I is find the that hard to believe. Yeah. I mean, I trust I trust Dude, what you say, yeah. but I do find that really suspicious and hard to believe. Yeah. Oh, you know why? Wasn't it EDC weekend? Oh. No, that was this weekend. This is last weekend. Oh. Okay, so they, they wasn't got it last, No, it was last weekend. Vegas Jeremy. listed right yeah. now. Last weekend was yeah. EDC. No, Vegas, this weekend, or this, this weekend too. Weekend. This, this last weekend. weekend. Yeah. So not this last no, week, not like a few days ago, the week before that. So, you're, you're, so what you're saying is you're seeing, you're seeing kind of this, the signs Coachella. of <laughs> people are softening, buyer, consumer yeah, confidence. Massively. And I think it's happening so much quicker than anybody really realized. And, you know, for instance, I'm, I'm obviously super in the stock market, right? Snapchat reported earnings last month. They just had to bring down numbers and they're like, dude, we're not even close to the numbers we're gonna hit to the low end. Right. They're like, we they just and so we're in an environment that we haven't seen that since 08, where companies are like, we're gonna hit this number, and then a month later, they're like, dude, no, well, we'll we're tell not the, the Walmart the XCO. He's like, Oh, it's like Armageddon for that quarter. Apocalyptic. Apocalyptic. Mm -hmm. There we go. Yeah. He's like, if we had inventory go up, he was a former CEO of uh, Walmart. He said, if we had inventory go up eight percent, that was bad. He's like, if it's fifteen percent, that's like super bad, you might get fired. 32% is apocalyptic. Then Target came out the next day, 41% rising Excess inventory. inventory. Yes. Yeah. So I have a lot of worries about so, the so what do you do? what do you do in a down market? Because I know what I do, right? Yeah. I, I'm I'm not as smart as you. I, I follow you. you. Bro, You're all of you guys are genius. I listen to stock stuff and I'm like, all I care about is can my property cash flow and yeah. can, I, can I own it with almost nothing out of my pocket? Yeah. And I, that's as smart as I am. I love that. Yeah, I take a little bit of a similar approach to the market. So I buy even in a down market. Okay. I'm like, I'm increasing my ownership of this company, you know, 100 shares at a time, 1,000 shares at a time. But I can tell you, I'm, I think the stock market is usually a pretty good forecast. Like the stock market started, peaked in, in uh, the summer of 07 and started to fall before a lot of people even realized we were in a recession. A lot of people didn't realize till we, it was like 08, 09. And the stock market bottomed around February of 09. Real estate didn't bottom for another two and a half years. So are you buying on the way down or do you sell all your positions and wait for the bottom and buy all the, I don't understand the stock Oh yeah, world. I buy the whole time because I don't know where the bottom is. That's the thing, like we're down 30% uh, NASDAQ year to date. Okay. I don't know where the bottom is. It might be 35%. Is so you'll dollar cost average. Exactly. And can you guys buy stocks through FTX as well or just now crypto? you can yeah that you're going to be able to very shortly here. okay so, so. I, I go into my account and I'm essentially setting up an automatic buy on the way down and you I'm can. just buying the same amount every I, single I week buy every day yeah, yeah. Andre buys every buy day statistically you're supposed to be buying as often as possible consistently every, every day every yeah. week right every day you buy, buy every day, day yeah, as well. it's wow. fun it's fun i enjoy it wow. i log on and yeah, yeah. I, I put in yeah like a thousand dollars a day i'm not like Graham, where he's like putting in four grand in your guys's world right so i'm heavy real estate and i always will yeah. be i'm i'm old, i'm getting older so i look at this i go in 30 years do i want to have anything to do with work and do i want to have anything to do with like strategy or whatever i want all my properties to be paid off by my tenants right so i that's my strategy 
it doesn't sound like that's your guys' strategy. So in a down market, are we thinking stocks and crypto is the way to go in in this room? No, you're sticking with the strategy that's okay. that's diversified and just betting that the entire economy eventually will recover and go back up as it has throughout the last 120 years. Okay. Uh, I agree with Jeremy. You can't predict the top. You can't predict the bottom. It's really difficult. People lose a lot of money trying to do that. So, so you're so, buying the stuff you really like and you believe yeah, in. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's, it's everything. Funds. It's just an index. For me, it's an index fund. But so basically it's a worldwide economy. Is the world economy going to grow 10 years from now, 20 years from now? Probably yes. And I'm willing to bet on that. So yeah. are your, are the people that are listening to this, are they looking at this as this is a passive way of me making me money? Or is this more of a retirement strategy of I'm buying things? Both. And okay. It should be both. I mean, it, index fund investing is as passive as it gets. And long-term it's been great to build wealth. Some people prefer individual stocks and trying to, yeah. to outperform that. But mine is just, I have Yeah, no but you did this, you did a YouTube video recently. Maybe it was an older one, but I feel like it was recent. You talked about a monkey was basically outperformed the S&P yeah, or something Yeah, I mean, like these last two years have been so stupid that yes, a monkey made 40% in the stock market in 20, <laughs> uh, when is 2021, a monkey. It was, it outperformed the S&P 500. off, right? There were a few stocks in there that just did exceptionally well. Ford, Ford was one of the best performers that the monkey picked. But it just goes to show, I mean, the last two years, you could be blindfolded, throw a dart on a board, and you would have made money. And that's where, you know, so many new investors popped up because it was easy and just didn't matter. You buy something and three months later, it's 20% higher. This is, this is what happened in yeah. 2006. I was a contractor. Yeah. And I was basically sweeping the floors of other people's job sites. I was just getting started, right? And I remember my buddy who was a plumber on the job site goes, I'm done. I'm out of, I'm out of construction. I go, what the hell are you, what are you doing? He goes, I'm flipping houses now. All these houses that we're working on, <laughs> where I'm flipping houses. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, you know the house we worked on two months ago? That was my house. And by the time it was finished, I sold it for 300 grand over what I bought it for. I'm like, oh my gosh. That was 2021 for the market. Oh yeah, and 2020. <laughs> so yeah, do you guys, so yeah. th you're saying that that is what it we just happened. went through. It already happened, yeah. People yeah. are buying yeah. Same crypto. Same, yeah, hmm. same with crypto. I mean, just any market you could think of, any speculative asset, it doesn't like, and I think it, it skewed people's confidence mm -hmm. that, oh wow, it's easy. And they expected that to continue. And I think a lot of people are in for a rude awakening. If, if they just got in at 2020, it's not investing. Okay, so it, that's an anomaly year. I mean, that's Jeremy, not, yeah. you've got yes. you've got an argument that the real estate market is crashing. Okay? I got an argument that it's it's the starting. We're like in the first inning. I got so, it, and I I yeah. can I can feel that, and I can understand where you're coming from. So, what do you suggest? Let's say that you go back to like 2008, 2009, yeah. 2010. Do you just ride in that world? Let's say I'm I'm a newer person into stocks and crypto. Do I just ride it on the way down and I keep dollar cost averaging in and just wait until the, the the bottom? Essentially, is that the strategy? Yeah, I mean, if if we something we learned from kind of 0709 crash in the market is as long as you were buying the whole way down and the whole way up, you ended up making a lot of money. Um, and so if you're talking about the stock market, that's usually the best way to do it. I think real estate gets a little complicated because that's that's a market that can lag big time. The stock market is so reactive. It's like, you know, boom, boom, boom. Uh, real estate lags in such a major way. So I think when to bring it back to real estate, everybody's looking at it and they're like, wait, are we in a moment now where if I buy, I'm going to, my, this, this home's going to be worth less in five years. And I personally know a lot of people that foreclose homes. You oh, know, yeah. uh, I have a close friend who out here, he bought a house in North Las Vegas for over $400,000 in 06 or the beginning of 07. 
that house um, in 2011 or, or or 10 when he short sold or foreclosed or whatever it was 160 thousand. Yeah, you know um, my my um, my wife's mom. She she had one of those balloon payment situations and like somebody lost their job, they couldn't afford it anymore. Boom, they lost the house. Um, and so I think that's what a lot of people are kind of thinking about. They're like, are we going to, if we do have this crash, are we talking like a 20% down real estate? Are we talking 10% or are we talking, this is going to be like 50% and you're going to get into foreclosures. You're going to get people that have homes that are being built right now. And this, this neighborhood does obviously Dude, this that end up walking is, away. It's going crazy yeah. right now. <laughs> I feel like that's too early to say like the intensity okay. of it. Yeah. I, I agree. I tend to agree with you that real estate will soften like it already has, but how much like how much down it'll go? I I, I think it's too early. So to the people okay. that are arguing that real estate is not going to crash, because there's a lot of them. Yeah. Are those the people who made a bunch of money in the last two years or that are like hoping that the ride doesn't end? Is that really where that's <laughs> that confidence is coming from? I think so. And I think some of it comes to like, oh, we underbuilt homes. I think that's an argument that's made out there uh, a lot of times. Uh, but yeah, I think I think slowly some of those people are starting to go away. I think since the trends have changed in the last month. But I mean, how many people are really arguing that that real estate won't crash? Would you argue that? Graham? All of, all of the I don't people think it's in my crash. Circle. I think they it's, all argue that. Well, because they okay. all own real estate, so they have a biased opinion. Uh, well, what about okay. you? I, I again, I don't care. All I no, care about is cash flow. I know yeah. you're in a different situation, but, you but are. given, but given your different. like vantage point, what what would you bet on happening? Real estate going down. What or? I fear is consumer confidence. I feel like what happens is more and more people talk about the negative thing, and then mm. more and more people jump on it, right? Okay. And so I feel like it's inevitable that we're going to have something bad happen. To what degree? I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, real estate at the end of the day, if you really want to think about this most simple way possible, I don't care if you're talking rents or people buying homes, comes back to jobs. If you have a job, you can pay your mortgage, you can pay your rent. If your job goes away and you can't get another job, that's when it's like that. So is, is the argument for the Walmart and the target earnings something that trickles into the jobs market yes. now and saying less people are needed, less jobs are needed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's and where so we're getting now into we're this. like, yeah. that's yeah. the fear. If those layoffs, especially in tech, start yeah. to spill over, then it's okay. So you brought up something and I know we've gone long here, but I want to answer why multifamily just okay. real quick. Cause this all brings into this. Okay. Why are so many people? And I look at Grant Cardone who I'm friendly with. He came on our show. Like we've, we've been doing things with him. He's crazy. Okay. <laughs> but in some, you Ten can X, make a uh, dude, <laughs> but you look at what he's doing. He's going after class a, which I fear class a, right? A very nice apartment. What, yeah, what class, that means? A, class a is yeah. like, you look like, it looks like the Ferrari of apartment complexes. Oh, so it's like, like turnkey, luxury done. Type stuff. Yeah. Right. Okay. So what happened in, you look at the data back in the crash, yep. the, the last crash. What happened is rent rates went up in every class except for class A. Class Whoa. A went down. That's good to know. So what was happening is there were a tenant in one class A apartment and another tenant in another class A apartment. They go, crap, we can't afford this. Yeah. So now two people are shacking up and downgrading to a class B. Makes right sense. so they're it's not really like good. most of the apartments you guys see around vegas are class, class b, b yeah. like really yeah. nice for sure okay? yeah okay really yeah. nice mm -hmm. but the ones that are on the strip those are class a right yeah. so you look at grant cardone primarily investing in class a i go mm, man i'm like the a lot of your tenants could move out of those properties in a downturn that scares i, I think the heck that's out the business it. model that's gonna hurt so bad in this downturn. wow grant that's a great the flip point argument is that sometimes those are the people who don't care and they make so much money that they could afford to pay those prices. 
But I, well, I, do you really think Class A or like I don't think they're depend, like crazy wealthy. It depends on the wealthy. tenant. And the, yeah. It depends on the yeah. tenant. But like if they're making six yeah. figures, what are they like? Tech people, doctors, let's say like professional workers. They th their jobs could disappear too. So well, again, go. I yeah. mean, you guys go back to the data all the time, right? Yeah. You guys are probably the best in this whole entire industry of researching and then putting things together. Mm -hmm. Go back and do the research on what happened with the Class A tenants in, in the crash. Mm -hmm. You'll see that that's the class that got slammed. So what yeah. everybody's been doing the last couple of years, me included, is we go, how can we get C plus or B minus? Because those are the classes that when the economy crashes, those actually surge in yeah. rents. Makes sense. Okay, so that's the thing is like, I'm not buying for value, I'm buying for cash flow. Yeah, I love that. Because my cash flow will pay off my debt. And that's the same reason why if you were, if somebody came to you and they said, hey, I, I wanna get into, um, you know, rental properties, you wouldn't tell them go buy luxury mansions for nope. two mil, you'd say. I had somebody come to me yesterday in Laguna Beach, seller wants to seller finance a $5 million property right on the ocean. I go, mm. nope, <laughs> stay, stay as far away wow. from that as possible because the seller couldn't get his list price and the seller's belligerent. They go, I want 5 million bucks. Couldn't get 5 million bucks. So then they go to the wholesalers in the market and go, I, I will sell or finance this $5 million property on the ocean to you, but I want 5 million bucks. I'm like, how are you gonna cash flow that when the economy crashes and yeah. Airbnb and short-term rentals all take a dip, you're toast. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you're, you're one of these real estate investors that go, yeah, I, I acquired all this debt and this leverage and I got completely ran out of the market. So makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yep. I stay so away from that. What's going on with your property, Jeremy? Did you get, how many showings did you have? Zero. Any, uh, what? You got, what? Hasn't had any showings. Nope. Why not? Not one. So do, do you have any desire to list lower? No. You just, what, just, so what are you going to do? Like if it doesn't move, it doesn't so you'll, move. I don't think you would rather, but, you, but you'll there. lose, but, but every month you're losing money. You're losing I both opportunity costs. If cost. I came down and put a ridiculous price, it still probably doesn't move. I think it's gotten that weak that fast. So, so what I mean, would you do your, if you don't yeah. sell it? Do you hold it? Yeah, I'll just hold it. I'll and do, and do like what? An extra office and do it as a- Yeah, but that's uh, costing you. But that's, that's costing that's baller, you. Right? Yeah, that's that's baller. Because you have to think well, it's, it's the opportunity cost. Yeah. The opportunity cost, taxes, insurance, upkeep. It's an expensive office. Yeah. So every month it's like, you may as well just be taking less money Could you money turn now into a short-term short rental? Uh, I don't think I would want to do that. Uh, maybe a long-term. Because you, know? you don't want the hassle of like turnover yeah, and all exactly. that kind of stuff? Well, I don't think it's a yeah. desirable short-term location. I know, exactly no. that too. I did, tell, I did mention to Jeremy, I, I do think you could get a tenant in there and all of your costs will be covered and you'll make a little bit of money. Yeah. It's not, it's not so the it's best, best rental at like, you know, yeah, at yeah. the price point, but yeah. for you, since you bought it lower, your mortgage is low, you got a good loan on it. Yeah. Could make sense and you just have a tenant. Yeah. Yeah, I might do that, but it's very, very concerning. But, and then yeah. in that neighborhood, like five other homes just came up in the past week and that we have not had inventory in the neighborhood for a long time. And so it seems like people are kind of like, if I want to sell, I better get out. Now. You're going to, and the thing is you're, you'll get other sellers that don't have the luxury that you have of, Hey, I can turn this into so a they will drop the price. Yes. They'll just undercut the market. Now you've got lower comps in the neighborhood and it starts trending down. I'm shocked. Yeah. You haven't gotten a single showing. Cause no, when you look, one. when you look on Zillow, you see that it's been viewed like six, 700 times. It's got like a How few dozen saves. saves. Wow. I'm very pessimistic. I don't think it's really, moving. I don't think there's a buyer out there. I don't think now, anything. In that now moves. here's a, here's a trick. Have you tried? Dirty little trick here. <laughs> Call your real estate agent from another number and see if they pick up. Oh, I was just going to oh. say yeah. this. Dude, the number one that. problem with agents yeah, is that when I want to get a deal done with an agent, mailbox is full. Yep. Oh. Not only that, but you call and they don't pick up. You leave a message and then like the next day they call back at like some weird time. Oh, okay. oh that's yeah. interesting. My, my biggest thing as an agent was I was always picking up my phone 
no matter what. So from like oh. five o'clock in the morning, if I was sleeping, I'd pick up the phone. That's wow. a 10 PM at night. Point. I'd always pick up the phone. You always talk. Point. They hate leaving a message. And half the time, if it goes to voicemail, I'm not going to leave a message. So, so first you're eliminating the human variable. Yeah. Mistake. I would call that's that's and a, just, that's and just see if they pick up great. the phone. That's okay. a genius. Yeah. Let me call. Let's right call now. him right now. Yeah. Let's call him. <laughs> Alex, call him, bro. Call him. I wonder if I can convince his agent to sell it to me on seller finance. Oh my God. That's fun. Yeah. Ask if the seller would do seller finance. I'll bring it up. He's calling Jeremy's real estate agent oh, to see shit. if they pick up. Hi, this is... Hi, Gretchen. My name's Pace Morby. How you doing? Good, thanks. Hey, I'm calling about the property on... Yes. Are you guys getting a Pretty. ton of movement on that, or do you think I still have a chance to buy that thing? You can buy it. Love it. Are you guys getting a lot of showings in that neighborhood? It looks like there's a lot of listings popping up. There are. Well, my teammate sold the one next door um, in like the first week. But other than that, that, yes, there's quite a few that have been coming on. But this one's a pretty one. It has the nice next gen suite downstairs and big master with strip views upstairs. Wow. So I'm out of yeah. I'm out of town. OK, I live in Arizona. I'm looking for a second home. Okay. And I'm looking for a buyer that would be willing to sell on seller finance as your, or I'm sorry, a seller. I'm looking for a seller that would sell on seller finance. Has your seller indicated they'd be open to something like that? They have not. Would you mind having that conversation with them? I can ask them. I, I would make what sure your commit, I would make sure you'd get your commission <laughs> and I'd make sure I get your list, whatever the list price is, plus your commission. I'll make sure that gets handled. But would you call them and see if they'd be open to that kind of offer? Do you have terms you want to propose? I would have him, since he would be my bank, I would have him propose the terms. Okay. Sound good? I'll ask him. Amazing. Can I follow up with you tomorrow? <laughs> sure. Thank you. I appreciate you. Okay. Sounds good. Talk Amazing. You Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Bro, that's great news. Wow. <laughs> okay. Good it on her for picking up five her phone. Bro. That, that is well, fantastic. Okay, I mean, it's good better. for good for her. This I mean, is this good is, news though. That's fantastic. That's good, good advertising and for it's her. Bad news. Yeah, it's good yeah, news. No, I was gonna say that it's, it's good, but it's bad. Yeah, I'm rooting for her. I'm like, she's picking up the phone, bro. What a great, great at APM and selling but, the house. But that yeah. proves your point, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, it does. Your point. It does. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the bad news. That's the bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at that particular wow. company, you're not gonna get. She's slackers. good. Yeah, you're when you said she's crown. premier, like you can tell she's premier. Yes, mm -hmm. you hired the right people. Oh yeah, yeah. It, but yeah, I like that a lot, man. I know it's almost makes would be so better happy. if it was kind of like uh, another situation, like oh, they're just lazy, you just right. need to get somebody else right. to sell it. But yeah, unfortunately, it's not. She's good, man. But I like her. Thanks. Yeah. That was smooth. That was that amazing. was really good. Yeah, it wasn't my idea. Yeah. That, that was, was freak. Awesome. I, yeah, that's better than I would have done. Don't give these yeah. away. These no. ideas away on YouTube, dude. Don't give these away. These no. ideas away. I'll give them away. That was you were great, bro. I do. Yeah. I do this all day long. Yeah. I love this. Thank you guys for having me. This, this is, is fun. fun. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, goodness, I learned so much. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I'm this has been amazing. Thanks for coming on. I, I hope everybody yeah. enjoyed this. Uh, Millennium Money Squad. I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, episode. Something different, and, and I know. Uh, you know, where are I you located? Know. I live in uh, Phoenix area. How often do you come to Vegas? Once a month. Okay, we're here all the time. I'm always, somebody's You're always asked a month all the time. Right. Well, why you don't text me? Well, I texted. <laughs> so I, actually, I texted you a couple months ago, and I go, "Hey, do you have a magician I can hire?" Oh, I never responded to that. 
Well, you said you'd look and you didn't, and I, and oh. you're busy. So I just went and found somebody oh. from Cirque du Soleil and hired them for like 10 oh, grand right. for two well, hours. Wow. 10, 10 grand what? for two hours? Well, Jeremy knows how to juggle. Magic. He could do yeah, this. I, yeah. I will they show made, up they, for that. They made, <laughs> I spoke on stage in front of like 7,000 people, and what I wanted is I wanted them to make me disappear. Did they do it? Yes. Oh. They made, they made me disappear okay, and then reappear <laughs> from the future. Oh my God. Okay, oh wait, who did you get? Can I, what's the name? Um, I'll give you his name. He actually has a show. I probably know them. He has a show. Um, um, Shin, Shin something or other. No, 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 Shrimp limb. Shrimp limb. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, we. What I wanted is I David wanted David Brown. Blair. I, don't know. <laughs> I know Vinny. He's he was amazing. my neighbor. Really? Yeah. He's a sweetheart. He was in uh, America's Got Talent. Yeah. He, so here's what he says. He says, <laughs> "Let's go." Cool. He says, I, "I'll charge you whatever he was going to charge me." I go because you were a referral from a friend. I'll pay you four times what you were what you offered me. What? Because I, dude, the thing is, wait, when, he offered you four times less to do the gig. He offered me what his going rate was, and I said, because it's short notice, I want to pay you four times more. Because this Who was, does that? Because this amazing. was this was my budget. What? Well, it, it was a referral from a friend. Okay. And it's one of those things where if you want your friends to refer more people to you, yeah, you want that person, Vinny, to go back to Dave, who referred, and go, this guy took care of me. That's fair. So he brought in a contraption from Cirque du Soleil. He <laughs> made me disappear, come back from the future through this contraption. It was cool. And basically what I did is I said, all right, guys, I'm from 20 years in the future. And here's the statistics of everybody in the audience of what you accomplish and what you do. And I had this whole thing. So I had people there like, you look you, like a wizard. You don't take action. You don't take action. Wow. You're going to get divorced. It was like the whole thing. And it was really, really fun. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Vinny's great, man. You hired the right guy. He's a sweet. Vinny's great. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay, so A and E, well, uh, what what night is the show on? Is it it's like on Saturdays, um, and it streams every day on Hulu and Amazon cool. and all that kind of stuff. Hulu yeah. and Amazon. Okay, cool. Yeah, guys, if you want Pace to come back again, just comment down below. Let us know. Make sure to subscribe as well. Here's what like we, here's we'll what you guys should info. do. You yeah. guys should let me buy. I'm going to buy a piece of property here in Vegas. And I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna bring you guys. I, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I'll do a so follow. Finest, here's what. Here's what I'll do. do. I, and Andre and I talked about this earlier. I will find a zero dollars down, zero percent interest seller finance deal, and I will bring it on the show, and I'll mm -hmm. show you guys how I structure it, and I'll bring you guys in as partners on the deal with no money out of your pocket. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. All right. Yeah. Okay. I'm down. Yeah. Oh wait, wait, Jeremy, really quick. What's this? Oh, I brought this for you, for you and Andre. Oh, really? An almond. Thank and you. I would have brought you one too, oh, wow. my friend. Wow. Thank you. Last minute. I said Thank dessert. You. It's a uh, breakfast. Oh, or you can have it as dessert. I so would what, say this what is like this? What's the, what's the cool thing about it besides the packaging? Is it tattoo chef? <laughs> it's just it's tat a tattoo chef. It's a company I own, and it's a we, uh, plant based food. We company. make fun of Jeremy for yeah, this company do. because yeah. it's it's TTCF. So he's been yeah. buying it for forever. Well, not forever, but <laughs> for like a year. We make yeah. fun of him being the largest shareholder, which he's not he's in the not, top ten, but, unfortunately. But it it feels like he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta have five hundred thousand yeah. shares. The thing is, the food is really good, really good. and the stock prices keeps going down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the food is good. It's in like oh. proportional to the to the yeah. food. Like, the better the food gets, the, the lower the, the stock the price goes. Can, can, yes. you, yes. can so you buy? Can you buy this stock on FTX? You, uh, I don't know. No. as of right now. No. So yeah, I don't. Yeah. Know. you could you could buy it. it. How about this? You could buy it at public.com slash gram. Oh, oh, no. Oh gosh, but yeah. So enjoy yeah. those gentlemen. Thank Everybody you. Everybody at watching at home, go buy five, <laughs> as many as you and can. And go check out Pace's show, Triple Digit Flip. Yes. Yeah, that Heck looks yeah. amazing. So well, Sweet. thanks for this, man. I really yeah, appreciate absolutely. it. All righty, guys. Peace. Thanks All for right. joining us. Until next time. Subscribe.